Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. The cult said this, this feels right. No bucking, no charging, no pushing, just comfortable. Why? Because the creator of the cult was sitting on the cult. You see, God was in control. You're a created being of God. So whatever is going on in your life that's upsetting you, relax. God is in control. As American consumers, we are bombarded daily with messages about the latest drugs and treatments meant to help with various ailments. There is something that most of us suffer from that can lead to all sorts of problems, stress and anxiety. When stress is left to pile up and drown us, it takes a toll on our bodies and spirits. But as believers, we should know that God is always in control. He wants nothing less than to prosper us and to give us peace in our lives. Not only does He know our future, He knows the future of the world as well. Let your rest be in Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verse 1, for part one of our message entitled, The Stones Are Me, Which Will It Be? The stones or me, which will it be? We're going through the word verse by verse, and we've arrived to, in the book of Mark, to chapter 11. As we finish the book of Mark, Jesus is headed to the city of Jerusalem. He's headed in his last seven days of his life. This is the last of the book of Mark. This is what we're going to see. Now, during this time, in the marketplace, in the temple on the playground, at the supper table, in almost every doorway, everybody was talking about Jesus Christ, this prophet from Nazareth up in Galilee. The upcoming week, a very busy week, it's the Passover week, where Jews from all over the world were jamming into this little city of Jerusalem. These visiting pilgrims coming to worship. So into this exciting kind of environment, with the talk being Jesus, this prophet, who is he? We ask ourselves a question, why is Jesus going to Jerusalem at this time? What is his purpose for going when it's the most crowded time of all the year? Why is he picked this time to go? Realizing that as we've been studying the book of Mark, Every time somebody said to Jesus, announce who you are, tell them you're the Messiah, Jesus would say, no, it's not time. Don't tell anybody I'm the Messiah. It's not a secret between the disciples and my close followers, but I don't want the average person on the street to know. In deference to that, we'll see on this Palm Sunday story that we're in this morning, 
Jesus will openly declare for the first time that he is the Messiah. This is going to do one thing. It's going to force the Pharisees, the Jews, the religious system to show their cards. See, they'd always been trying to find a way to kill Jesus. Jesus, knowing the time that's coming, knowing that God's prophecy needed to be fulfilled, knowing that he was going to be crucified, comes into Jerusalem specifically at this time, saying to the guys, go ahead, I'm announcing who I am. Do your thing. And I know that's going to be my death. Now, what you're going to see on this story as we read these 11 verses this morning is about worship. Jesus is going to come into this city and crowds are going to worship him. What is worship? Depending on what church you came from and your background, maybe you haven't been to church for a long time, you may be confused about worship. It's kind of a pretest that I'm going to give you. So you don't have to write these down, but you want to maybe answer these in your mind as we finish today, see what you've learned. Is worship something that is only done on Saturday night or Sunday morning in a church? Is worship only involve music and a, and a band and singing in an overhead? Is worship something that only involves my hands and my body and my, and my mouth? Is worship an option for believers? Well, what is worship? Let's look and see what the Bible teaches us. Mark chapter 11, verse 1. Now, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Tell him, The Lord needs it, and will send it back shortly. So here, about two miles outside of Jerusalem, between Bethany and the little village of Bethphage, on this eastern side of the Mount of Olives, Jesus is approaching the city. Don't you think it had been exciting to be a disciple in those days? You never knew what Jesus was going to ask. Here he says to the disciples, go into the town, steal a colt, bring them back, tell them that you'll bring them back shortly. Whatever, what a neat thing to do. He's really only borrowing the colts. There are numbers of people that are there, but there's really three groups of people. The first are the disciples. They're with Jesus. They understand Jesus to a degree. They've heard him say over and over again, three times, that he's going to die. They know that he's the Messiah, but they're going to be surprised by what he actually does. And this day, they're certainly surprised already by going and getting a colt. What, what do we need a colt for? The second group of people that you see here are really that are going to be in our story this morning are Jewish pilgrims. These are people from all over the world. Coming with Jesus down this road would probably be his friends and people that have been with him from the Galilee area. They're more positive about Jesus. They're more open to him because they've seen him do miracles. They've seen him do some different things and he's come through Jericho, where he just healed the blind man, and they've seen that, so they're there. Coming out of Jerusalem to meet this crowd are many of the other pilgrims who have come from around the world. 
And we know that they don't know totally everything about Jesus. In fact, I'm sure that they've heard the name, but they're not sure who he is. So they're going to be in our mixture. And then the other group that you're going to see there are the religious Jews. Now, they wouldn't be standing here in our line when Jesus is coming. They're going to be more like side visiting people. They're going to look from the side and see what's really taking place. But they're looking very closely as they do this because this increasing popularity of Jesus is bothering them. Now, Jesus tells his disciples, go into this town and bring me back this little colt. Matthew tells us that they went in and they also brought the mother of the little colt back with them. God knows our future. How did Jesus arrange this cult being here in this town at the right time and at the exact right place? How did he arrange it so that he gave the disciples a description so they would know exactly what to do? Well, we don't know. The Bible is silent. But realistically, certainly God could have revealed it to Jesus. Let's see knowing these instructions, what the disciples do. Verse 4. Well, they went, that's the two disciples, and they found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, this should be no surprise, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? And they answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. If you're a Christian, these three little verses should encourage you. If you're obedient in your life, when Jesus tells you to do something, you can always count on what he's told you will come true. Jesus says, go into the town, you'll find a cult there. You'll find somebody's going to say to you probably, what are you doing untying the cult? And here's what you're to answer. I think it's important that we ought to respond to the challenge of obedience to God I love it when God says, do this, do that in his word. And we know it's from him because when we do it, we know that he's directing our life. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is not a surprise. I mean, when you think about this, when the disciples go, do you think Jesus called up and he called it Hertz rent a colt and said, Set it aside here, and the guys would be there. They don't want a two-door model. and they want... No, none of that. The colt was there. And when they took it, they weren't surprised that somebody said, Why are you taking it? And Jesus said to them, Here's what you tell them. They did all of this. There had to be a great sense of peace and fulfillment as they come back with Jesus. Going before that, they probably wondered, How are we going to pull this off? How are we going to know where it is? What corner are we going to find? Is it going to be on the corner of Wickham and 192? I don't know where to look. Uh, what if somebody... They didn't know. You ever walk like that? See, that's why the scripture says we must walk by faith. You see, when God tells us to do something, He will provide all the answers. It shouldn't come to you to realize that nothing that's happening in your life is a surprise. God is in control of everything in your life. You say, well, you don't know what's happening in my life. No, I don't, but He does. And He's there. And you can count on Him. He is in control. Look at verse 7. Now, when they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Now, this is a, a little colt that had never been ridden before. How many like to ride horses? 
How many ever ridden on a horse that had never been ridden on before? It's exciting, isn't it? Well, my wife loves horses. In fact, she had her own when she was younger, and for the first years of the marriage, that's what I always used to hear. I was compared against her horse. <laughs> she always wondered why she married me when she could have had to give up her poor horse to marry me. But being the loving husband that I am, wait, wait a minute now, you're not supposed to laugh there, you're supposed to go amen. <laughs> Sometimes I would take her horseback riding just to show her I loved her. I remember one time we went, and what I would always do, it was the last time I think I went, what I would always do is try to get there and I would say to the owner of the stable, now here's what I want, I want one named Slow-Mo. 400 pounds, maybe 100 pounds overweight, that's okay with me. Arthritis, can't hardly go. That's the horse I want. Give me that guy. Well, the last time we went, I got on this big monster. It wasn't 10 seconds, and I knew they'd misnamed him. This guy, as I headed out, his name had to be Speed Demon. We're supposed to do this trail of horses. There's my wife, farther back than I can ever see. I'm leading the pack. Never to see them, hardly again. There I go. Just going like crazy, going, stop this thing. My wife loved it. I hated it. Last time I've been on a horse. Here's Jesus, an unridden colt. Now a donkey is something in itself, an unridden one. But I believe the instant Jesus got on. The colt said this, this feels right. No bucking, no charging, no pushing, just comfortable. Why? Because the creator of the colt was sitting on the colt. You see, God was in control. You're a created being of God. So whatever is going on in your life that's upsetting you, relax. God is in control. Now God is not only in control of our lives, He's in control of the entire world's future. Look at, in your Bibles, you probably have to go to the front and find Zechariah in the index and then turn to it. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. It's in the Old Testament. Let's turn there quickly. Why did Jesus come and ride this colt into Jerusalem. Why in the world would he pick up an unridden colt? Why would he do it? Well, there's many reasons. I'm going to give you two reasons. In the book of Zechariah, a prophecy that I don't have time to give you in fulfillment, we will when we do an update on prophecy shortly, but it's a prophecy almost 500 years before. You see it in Zechariah 9.9. Let's read it together and see how interesting it is that the Bible comes together. It says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous, and notice what he's bringing. What is he bringing? Having salvation. He's headed to the cross. 
gentle and riding on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey. So the reason Jesus is entering Jerusalem on a colt is to fulfill a prophecy almost 500 years old. You see, Jesus knew this prophecy. And that Zechariah that had prophesied that the Messiah would come. And when we go through that update, we'll show you that the actual day to the very day that Jesus is riding into Jerusalem has been fulfilled, proven by the calendar. And when we get to a chorus, if you've been in church all your life, it said, this is the day that the Lord has made, which we'll see in Psalm 118. The day we're talking about there is not just the day to worship God any day, but it's the exact day that Jesus had picked to come into Jerusalem. So he's fulfilling this. Now think about that. 500 years had gone by, almost, and Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy perfectly. Does that say anything to you about the greatness of our God? That says he's in total control. He knows what's going to happen. By the way, there's some other prophecies concerning end times that are going to happen. So when you and I look at that, we're often caught worrying about what? I worry about tomorrow. I'm concerned about tomorrow. What should we be doing? Well, number one, we should not be anxious. The Bible tells us not to be anxious over anything. Well, you don't know, Pastor Mark, what's happening in my life. I need to... No, you don't need to be anxious over this. There's no reason to be anxious. Now, we need to be wise, but not anxious. So, God is in control of everything. What, what are you worried about tomorrow? Do you think God doesn't know? Well, how can the God be controlling this whole world? Look at what's happening. Well, it's because Satan is still ruling it, but God is still overall. And nothing happening in this world is happening by accident. So relax. You're concerned about tomorrow. The God of today is great enough to take care of your problems tomorrow. Will there be any? Plenty. The Bible says there's enough for today, but there'll be more tomorrow morning. Doesn't matter. God is in control of everything. Now, the second reason, look at that verse again, the second reason Jesus comes is not just to fulfill a 500-year-old biblical prophecy that talks about the date he's coming, but the next reason is to proclaim to the whole world that he's a humble Messiah. Look, it says, it says he has salvation and he's gentle riding on a donkey. Now, if you were trying to be a royal person and make a great entrance into a city, would you ride on a borrowed donkey? No, I'd come on this huge, big, white horse with my armor and my army, and man, I'd make a statement of boldness. But Jesus comes as a person, and he says to his disciples through this once again, guys, listen, I told you before that I've come to serve, not to be served. I'm not your average guy coming into town here, so I'm going to ride humbly and gently on this colt in the town. He was saying and fulfilling another prophecy given to us by the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 9, 6, you don't have to turn them this morning, which says this, he was coming in and his kingdom would be a kingdom of peace. Peace. Let me read you the last part of it. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of 
peace. You see, if you're serving God, one of the greatest things that should be in your life is peace. Even though there's trouble, and we all have it, there's still a peace knowing He's in control. Well, I don't know where my job is tomorrow. I don't know where this is going to happen. And you didn't see the test results that just came back. And my child, and does it matter? He's in control. So he comes in and he's saying to the group of people that are there, I'm going to shun earthly power. I'm going to come in a borrowed cult. I'm going to shun earthly possessions. My kingdom is spiritual. It is not political. Back to Mark chapter 11, verse 8. Now, as he comes down this road, and he's on the little colt, what happens? It says, many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. So as he's riding down this little road, on this little teeny colt, there's this tremendous excitement of spontaneity that picks up in the crowd. This dusty road. And we can envision what happened. If this is the road, the Old Testament would tell us, as we go through the Old Testament, that when a king would come, quite often, the people that were servants or whatever would take their outer cloaks and put him down. It would, today we would say they're putting out the red carpet for Jesus. In other words, he's coming and they're saying somebody special, even if he's on a colt. And they would take it off and they'd throw it down there and then the colt would walk over it and they'd pick it up and go, wow. I even served by giving my king, not the dusty road, but he, he's worth more than that. I'll just, I'll just put my cloak down in there. Other people that maybe didn't have a cloak, they cut off branches. And they would just begin, and you, you can picture it, and John tells us that there, some of those were palm branches. Thus the story of Palm Sunday, where it comes from. Now probably they came from the area of Galilee more, or, or actually Jericho more, because there weren't, there weren't a lot of palms and, in Jerusalem proper itself. But you can see as he comes, people are throwing clothes and other people are waving these branches, just cutting them off. And they're worshiping, they're worshiping this king as he comes along. It's just a neat thing as they're waving them in there and there's excitement. Just kind of feel it. Look at verse 9. What were they doing as he was coming? Well, those who went ahead and those who follow, I like this, because where Jesus should always be is in the center of our lives. So there's some before and there's some behind, and where's Jesus? Right smack dab in the center. And he's there, what are the people doing? While those people who follow shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now you say, well Matt, that sounds familiar. Did I ever hear that before? Well, if you've ever been in church, you have. Let's turn back to the book of Psalms quickly. Keep your finger there in Mark. Psalms 118, it's a little easier to find about midway in your Old Testament. Psalm 118. And... Verse 10 goes on and it says this, Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. So what happens is, as Jesus is riding this little colt, we actually have kind of a street choir. They're all together and they're not only waving branches and putting their cloaks on the, on the road, but they're singing and chanting a it's what we call a Hallel Psalm, a Psalm of Thanksgiving, which is pretty common because this Psalm was certainly sung during the Passover time as they looked forward to the Messiah. Today in the Gospel of Mark, we heard about Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem, where he sent out his disciples with some instructions they didn't understand. But they were obedient and borrowed the colt as Jesus sent to, telling the people the words Jesus gave them to say. 
even an untrained colt was obedient to Jesus. Pastor Mark assured us that God is always in control and takes care of us in all of our worries. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark takes a look at five groups of people who were present as Jesus entered Jerusalem. He will challenge us to consider which group that we fall into and whether or not there are things we need to change about the way we approach worship in order to become godly worshipers. Believers or not, we will see how as human beings we are all worshipers, just not of the same God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.